11. Following on from what Clifford just ended up saying about faith, Hebrews 11 and just, chap- and just uh, verse 6. Hebrews 11, 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. There's something fundamental in us as human beings that desires to please. Children want to please their parents. The student wants to please their teachers. Husbands wants to please their wives. Can I hear a big amen? amen. <laughs> and all the wives said, amen. <laughs> Above all, we as believers want to, pl- want to please our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. What are the words that we want to hear from the lips of the Master? Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter thou into the joy of your Lord. Nothing will thrill us more than hearing a well done from the Lord. You and I as believers are in the unique position of being able to please God. Imagine that. Religions try to appease God. But we as believers can actually please God. It's amazing to think that the creator of the ends of the earth can be pleased by us. That we can give God pleasure. That we can make God happy and satisfied. Us, creatures of the dust, can do that. What is it that pleases him? Faith. Faith pleases God. And without faith, it's impossible to please him. But faith pleases God. It's not the only thing that pleases God, but it's one of the most vital, important things in pleasing the Lord. Without faith, it isn't possible to please God. Without faith, works will not please him. Without faith, religion will not please him. Without faith, sincerity alone will not please him. What is so pleasing to God about our faith? What is it that God loves about our faith towards him? Because right here, right now, in this time and in this place is the only time and the only place that we will ever have to use our faith. To say that again? Right here, right now, at this time and in this place, it's the only time, the only place where we will ever have to use our faith. Whenever we get to heaven, everything will be self-evident. Everything will be plain to see. We shall see him as he is. We won't have to use our faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. But we will see him. We will see heaven. But right here, 
right now is the only time and the only place where we need faith. Right here, right now, we have to believe that he exists. We won't there and then because we'll see him. Right here, right now, we have to believe that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. But we won't there and then because we will have our rewards. Right here, right now, we have to believe his written word. But we won't need to then because his spoken word will be all that's required to carry out all of his commands. Right here, right now, this is where we have to use our faith because we have trying and difficult days when we have to use our faith. But there and then we won't because there'll be no more difficult and trying days. So right here, right now, without any empirical evidence whatsoever, we believe God. Not by what we see. We believe God by what we know through his word, through his commands, by his presence, by the tremendous change in our lives. We believe God exists. We believe that he rewards those that diligently seek him. We believe this book from cover to cover. We believe he is with us in all of our difficult and trying times. We believe that by faith. We can't see him, but we believe that. That's the kind of faith that pleases God. That's what gives us the capacity and the ability to please Almighty God. Hebrews 11 and 5 said, By faith Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. Before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. There are two types of people that cannot please God, those who have no faith in him and those who live in the flesh. Romans 8 and 8. So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But we walk by faith and not by sight. Faith is at the heart of everything we believe and we do and all of our actions for God. We do it by faith. Enoch was translated by faith. Hebrews 11 and 5 says, by faith, Enoch was translated. It's taken away that he did not see death and was not because God had taken him. Genesis 5, 24, and Enoch walked with God and he was not for God took him. Of all the Billions of people that has existed on the face of the earth since Adam till now, only two people ever went to heaven without dying. Enoch, and two and a half thousand years later, Elijah. And Elijah was taken up in a whirlwind. Well, Enoch just disappeared. In a moment, in a blink of an eye, he was gone. Out walking. Bang, gone, just like that. What an incredible thing. And it was by faith. That's an important thing. Eight times it is recorded in Genesis 5 about Adam's sons. And he died, and he died, and he died, and he died. 
but not Enoch. There's no obituary for Enoch, for God took him. No death for Enoch, for God took him. And when it says God took him, it means in the same sense of what we believe the word rapture means, snatched away in an instant, in a moment, snatched away. Now, I don't know whether you believe in the rapture or not. Personally, I do. That's my personal belief. And I believe there's scripture for it. 1 Corinthians 15, which is, uh, of course, the great uh, resurrection chapter, isn't it? First Corinthians 15. But this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. In the twinkling of an eye is where we get the term atom from. That's pretty fast, isn't it? And so Enoch, by faith, was taken away that he did not see death. Before he had this testimony, before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. How did he please God? Primarily, primary way he pleased God was by his faith. He did not have all that we have before us today to build our faith. But in that era, with what he had and what he believed and what God had spoken to him, he trusted God completely and totally. And he walked by faith. In Jude, a little bit just before Revelation, it tells a little bit about Enoch. It says, now, verse 14, Now Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied about these men also, saying, Behold, the Lord comes with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment on all, to convict all who are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds, which they have committed in an ungodly way, and of all the harsh things which ungodly sinners have spoken against him, against God. So that tells you that the time that Enoch lived was a, a, a terrible time, and an ungodly, irreverent time where people would shake their fist at the Almighty. And in the midst of that generation, this man rose up by faith and preached. No doubt he preached righteousness, but he preached judgment to come. They would call him the day a doomsday preacher. But he knew that judgment was coming and knew it by faith. God had spoken to this man and he preached that. And he did it by faith. He was a godly man in an ungodly world. He was a faith in the midst of a faithless world. He preached righteousness to come. Now, I believe that it is possible that Enoch was told by God that he would not see death. It doesn't actually say that. But when he says... By faith, Enoch was taken away. You've got to believe something to have faith, don't you? For faith to operate, you've got to believe. What do we believe? The Word of God. What did he believe? 
Did God speak to him? God certainly spoke to Elijah. Elijah knew that he was going. And he knew it was close. And all of his associates knew that because Elisha decided, well, I'm going to trail him. I'm going to make sure when it happens, I'm going to be there because I want to get that double anointing. I want his mantle to fall on me. So they all knew that was going to happen. God has spoken. It doesn't say explicitly that God has spoken this to Enoch. But something happened because by faith he believed. By faith he believed. For before he was taken, he had this testimony, this witness that he pleased God. Enoch had the witness that he pleased God. That what he was doing, that what he was saying, that what he was preaching, that how he was living in the midst of that vile generation, that that pleased Almighty God. He had that witness. He had that testimony. 1 John 5 and 10 says, He who believes in the Son of God has the witness in himself. He who does not believe God has made him a liar because he has not believed the testimony or the witness that God has given of his Son. Isn't this a wonderful thing that today, more than 2,000 years after the event, that we have a witness in our hearts that what Jesus did on that cross was true it wasn't just a criminal dying on a cross. It was the Son of God dying for you and dying for me. And we believe that yeah. right now. Yeah. And that's a life changer. That's a life changer when you believe that. Acts 5.32. And we are his witnesses to these things. And so also is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. The Holy Spirit helps us believe. The Holy Spirit energizes us, our spirit on the inside, to believe, to have faith, to trust. The Holy Spirit is the one who authored this book for us. If we want to believe this book, the Holy Spirit helps us to believe this book. Because he authored it and he gives us the energy and the life to believe it. Enoch had this testimony, this witness that he was walking by faith and that pleased God. Every single day, believer, every day that you put your trust in the Lord, from the moment you get up to the moment you lay your head in the pillow at night, that pleases God. Because this is a world of unbelief. This is a world that's rebellious against God. This is a world that is heading for judgment. But in the midst of this world, Enoch, we believe God. We trust the Lord. We believe in his salvation. That pleases God. That delights the heart of God. So every single day, we trust the Savior. And that pleases the Lord. So it is possible to believe God by faith. But what does the scripture say? Faith without works is dead. So that faith has to materialize into some kind of action, doesn't it? Paul says in Colossians 3.20, children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing 
to the Lord. Thank God for our faith. But that faith of ours that's every day in our lives has got to translate into godly living, hasn't it? 2 Corinthians 5, 9, Paul says, we make it our aim to be well-pleasing to the Lord. <laughs> Is your heart to please the Lord? That's a wonderful thing. Paul says we make it our aim to be well-pleasing unto the Lord. Hebrews 13, 20 and 21 Christ works in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight. So Christ works in us all the things that he hopes will come out of us that will be well-pleasing in his sight. Whenever we have children growing up, what do we do with What do we teach them? We teach them values. We teach them ethics. We teach them manners. We teach them conduct. We teach them for their character. Why? Because we want to see them that coming out of them. So we put that into them to see that outworked in their life. God does the same with us. He keeps putting into us to see the outworking of that in our lives. That's well-pleasing to God. Hebrews 13, 16. But do not forget to do good and to share, for with such sacrifices God is well-pleased. you sacrifice either your time maybe your finances whatever it is you sacrifice to help others to bless others it's well pleasing to God didn't they say even a cup of cold water given in my name you'll not lose your, lose your reward we spoke about rewards a couple of weeks ago Philippians 1.18 Paul said that the things the Philippian church sent him and they sent him again and again Listen to what he says. It was a sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. Not only was it pleasing to him, but he says it's well-pleasing to God. So every time out of our offerings, we reach out to missions around the world, it's well-pleasing to God. God delights in that. Every time we do something to enhance the kingdom of God, it's well-pleasing to God. He likes that. Faith is a gift from God. We are saved by grace through faith. And that not of ourselves, it is what? A gift of God. Not a work so that no man can boast. So God actually gives us the very thing that pleases him. <laughs> he gives us the capacity and the ability to please him. It is through faith that we're saved. It's by faith that we walk. It's by faith that we run a race. We pray in faith. We ask in faith. We receive by faith. That's what pleases God. And every single day that we live, we have the opportunity to please him. And I'm quite sure and certain that there are many, many times uh, during the course of a day, when we please God, that we're not even aware of it. Say, so what about if we displease Him? Well, that's not my subject this morning. I've spoken many times and will again how we can displease God. But there's many times we unconsciously do things or say things, and God is listening, and it pleases Him. You know, again, with our children, but especially when they're little and they're growing up, 
They can give us so much delight. And I know sometimes they can be a handful, some more than others. But they can give us so much delight. We can watch them and we listen and little things. Let me tell you this morning, Johnny and I and Tessa, we were in early and Johnny says, we'll, we'll sort out the heat here because they'll be all moaning and groaning. No, he didn't say that. Uh, but they were. <laughs> and uh, he says, well, we'll have to go down in through the kitchen. We Jackson's with us. And without any prompting, without anybody saying anything, guess what he did? He ran through the kitchen. He opened the door where all the kids' sweets are. <laughs> he knew exactly where they were, and he opened, he knew how to open the wee lid and put his hand and got a sweet, and away he went. <laughs> Happy as Larry. <laughs> and you just had to smile, you know, you just had to laugh and say, what a child. He just knew with the sweet is he's, he's, he's his father's son, all right, isn't he? Yeah? What he finds out with the sound men keep their sweeties up there, eh? Eh? You didn't know that, she didn't. Eh? <laughs> Somebody did. Is that Jake? Did Jake? You know that, Jake? Yeah. <laughs> so faith is a gift. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him, that he is. Surely that means more than just believing that God exists. Now, important as that is, because there's millions who don't believe that. So important as that is, I think it's saying more than just believing that God exists. James says in James 2.19, you believe that there's one God, good. Even the demons believe that and they tremble. <laughs> so it's obviously more than just believing that God exists, that he's there. If that's all, then our faith is no greater than the devil's. <laughs> no, we believe that God exists. We believe that he's there to the point where we put our trust completely and totally in him. We believe he's there. We believe he exists to the place where we completely and totally give our lives into his hands. That's what faith is. That's what does it. That's what pleases God that we believe his word, that we obey his commands, that we put our lives totally into his hands, even though we have never seen him. Jesus in John 20 makes that very point, does he not? After that situation with doubting Thomas, when Thomas finally met the Lord and saw him face to face, my Lord and my God, what did Jesus say? Verse 29 of John 20. Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. That's us. We're blessed. We are blessed above all people. We truly are. We've never seen Jesus before or after the resurrection. Those disciples took some convincing to believe in the resurrection. Jesus' own brothers and sisters did not believe him until after the resurrection. It took some convincing. But they saw him face to face. Man to man. But we never have. That's why Jesus says, you're blessed. You have to believe by faith. 
and you're blessed, and that blesses God. Did you believe that? So we're in a unique position today, a wonderful position, that we believe God. We believe God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. In Hebrews eleven twenty four to 26, by faith Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasure of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt, for he looked to the reward. We spoke of rewards a couple of weeks ago, so I'm not going to labor that. But thank God for rewards. Faith is rewarded. Faith is rewarded. Matthew 5, 11 and 12. Blessed are you when they revile you and persecute you. Say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad for great is your reward in heaven. 1 Corinthians 3.14, if anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. It's lovely to look forward in our lives as believers to know that someday, yes, we'll stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Yes, what we have done in the body since we saved will be weighed to see if it's haywood or stubble or whether it's precious things. And if it's precious things, then that will be our reward. What a reward that's going to be. It's going to be wonderful, isn't it? Mm. A life lived by faith will not only reward us on earth, but it will reward us in heaven beyond our wildest imagination or expectation. Faith is like the invisible hand of our spirit reaching out to God to lay hold of whatever we need from him. It's the only way we can receive from heaven is by faith, isn't it? Yes, ultimately it's all of his grace, it's all of his mercy towards us, but to get it, we've got to reach out by faith. That's why we've got to trust him and trust his word. That's our spirit reaching out to him. Mark 10, 27, with men it is impossible, but not with God. For with God, all things are possible. Mark 9, 23, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. Notice it says, with God, in agreement with God, in cooperation, in partnership with God. Faith puts us in agreement with God. We're in partnership with God when we believe and we trust him. What a partner. People over the years have had business partners that didn't work out. <laughs> but we've got a partner. And if we trust him, believe me, our lives will work out. Because he can work it out for us. Sherwood Eddy says, Faith is not just trying to believe something regardless of the evidence. Faith is daring to do some regardless of the consequences. That's a nice definition, isn't it? Faith is not just trying to believe something regardless of the evidence. Of course, it is that, but it's not just that. Faith is daring to do something regardless of the consequences because we can't see the final outcome. And that's where faith comes in to trust. 
to believe. At the uh, Castle Wellen yesterday, whenever we were there as a church, uh, I was walking over one of the paths and there was a father with his little daughter and she had her little bicycle and her little hat on and she was very wibbly wobbly. It was obviously that she was just learning to ride but she had no stabilizers on so she advanced a little bit. But at one point she stopped and I watched her and her dad was encouraging her and she put her wee foot up on the pedal and you could see her, you could see her thinking, did I push this or not? You know, and I looked at her and she stood there, just it seemed like an eternity, but it was only a couple of minutes, standing, do I push this foot? If I push this foot, will this bike go or will I fall off? And her dad says, go ahead, go ahead, go on, come on, come on, go ahead. And then she did it. And of course, it was wobbly, wobbly all over the place. But then she got in her saying, Dad, this is really hard, Dad. He said, no, it's not as easy. Come on, come on. He was running beside her, you know. And then I, I looked and looked, and then she went way down the path, and she was going great. It was just that initial thing, just trusting, just making that effort, just that first step. And then she was off, and she was running. And sometimes that's what it's like with faith, isn't it? With us and the Lord. It's taking that first step. Will this work? Will I fall flat on my face? <laughs> you know, will I, will I learn to ride this bike? Okay. You know, but Dad's standing. He's watching. And he's saying, come on. You can do it. Come on. Just, just, just get that foot in the pedal. Come on. Come on. Try it, DC. Look, look, look. I'm here. I'm beside you. I run beside you. And off they went. And that's the way it is with us sometimes. A life lived on earth by faith is well-pleasing to God. So to one degree or other today, believer, all of our lives is well-pleasing to God. And if there's parts that aren't, then we need to deal with those. But there's much that is well-pleasing to God, maybe more than you realize today. You know, sometimes we get this attitude with God that we're, you know, my mother was a wee woman. She was a wee skinny woman. And, uh, you know, whenever you misbehaved and you come up the hallway, you knew you were going to get a, a skate in the ears, we would say. And you come up like this here, you know, because <laughs> you were going to get a, and of course you had a, a dishcloth. And when you were doing this here, she hit you around the bare legs with a cloth, you know. <laughs> and sometimes we're a bit like that with God. We're always waiting on him, just hitting us, you know. But there's so much about our faith that pleases him. He's delighted. He loves it when we trust him and we believe him. Every time you open this book and you read those verses and you say, God, that's wonderful. That is, I believe that. That pleases the heart of God. He's speaking to us and we're listening and we're obeying him. That pleases his great heart. Amen. Let's pray. Bless you, Lord. We thank you. Lord, we thank you this morning that you have given us the ability, the capacity to please you. What a thrill that is to know that we can actually please Almighty God. In that moment, we put our trust in your Son as our Savior. Father, your heart was pleased with that. When we believe by faith that Jesus was the Savior and the Lord of life. So we give you thanks today for all of your mercies towards us. Undeserving as we were, yet in your grace you came and you touched our lives. We thank you, Lord, for this. We bless you.
כן, 